Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to become more informed and empowered with regard to your health so you can support your health with the least amount of medical intervention possible. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and ancestral foods chef. For the past 12 years, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your health, your food choices, and the healing power of sunlight. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, This week, uh, I want to have a chat about seasonal eating for your circadian biology. More and more people are coming to understand the role of circadian biology and health, um, specifically its role in metabolic health, hormone health, sleep quality, healing capacity, cellular healing and regeneration, energy production, detox capabilities. Honestly, um, your circadian biology rules the roost when it comes to your health. And there are several things that play a role that influence the health and state of your circadian biology. Now, one thing is sunlight. This is why the Sunlight RX, the four-step protocol that I created uh, that teaches you how to use sunlight to heal your body is so effective, has such a big impact on health because it rebalances and reestablishes optimal circadian function. Now, if you don't have a copy of that ebook, you can go to my site, heathershepherd.com, and you can get a copy of the Sunlight RX ebook to start your sunlight therapy practice and to support your circadian biology in really huge ways. Um, we also have practices like meal timing, eating meals at specific times of day that support circadian biology. Now, for example, Bulletproof was probably one of the worst things that could have ever happened for our metabolic hormone health, our circadian biology, um, you know, because one of the most damaging things you can do for your circadian biology is to fast through breakfast or to do something like Bulletproof through breakfast or to juice at breakfast. Really bad idea for your circadian biology. This destroys your hormone and metabolic signaling starting first thing out in the morning. So then you're totally screwed for the rest of the day. Now, a much healthier and supportive practice for your circadian biology would be to watch the sunrise and then eat a solid breakfast with heaps of animal protein after that. That's more on point with with circadian regulation. There's another aspect of diet that plays a huge supportive role uh, with regard to your circadian biology, and that is eating within the season, eating within seasonal context. Now, let's be honest. There's a ton of dietary trends out there with you know new dietary trends popping up every year, and we, we ha- just Just pull back the reins a little bit. Don't jump on that bandwagon right away because we have to understand that none of these ways of eating, none of these diets promote seasonal eating and certainly not as an important aspect of health and circadian function. So um, during today's episode, I'm going to talk about how eating seasonal foods impacts your circadian biology how it supports a healthy weight. I'm going to discuss 
how as the seasons change, so too does your ability to utilize carbohydrates. And I'm going to give you some examples of my diet throughout the seasons, especially this winter, to give you some examples as to how you can start to integrate this way of eating into your lifestyle and why it's so, so important. It's, it's an invaluable practice when it comes to supporting your health, supporting your circadian biology. Before I dive into today's episode, I want to invite those of you who are interested in helping people heal in real, authentic, effective ways, in holistic ways, specifically by utilizing sunlight therapy and ancestral dietary practices, to join me for my ancestral health certification course. This course teaches you literally everything I know about utilizing sunlight and diet to rectify specific chronic diseases. And I do get specific in this course. Um, I've been doing this for 15 plus years and have a lot of experience helping people heal, heal and overcome chronic disease using these modalities in, in the therapeutic context. And, you know, the goal of this course is to teach you how to create customized healing plans for your clients, period. You know, how many health practitioners, holistic, have you been to, have you heard of who prescribe supplements or a diet or a standard detox protocol or a combination remedy without, you know, really considering the person, without taking their unique symptoms into account? I can't tell you how many practitioners I went to for years and years and years until I realized, hey, this is a dead end. I'm actually not getting better with my health. In fact, I'm getting a little bit worse. Some points I was getting a lot worse. It wasn't working. But this mindset, this mentality is how almost every single health practitioner practices uh, medicine today, nutrition today, um, supplements today. That's how they, this is how they go about it. And it's not only unhelpful to people, but it's doing them a big disservice. And if you can't tell, it makes my blood boil. <laughs> okay. So I created a program to help train people how to be effective, um, intelligent, uh, health practitioners so that we can actually start to make progress. We can help start to help people make progress with their health. You can learn more about the Ancestral Health Certification Program by visiting my site, heathershepherd.com, and the menu tab, you will see um, the Ancestral Health Certification tab. You can read more about it. Enrollment is open now until February 23rd, 2024. If you're interested in the program after reading more, send a message my way through email, through Instagram, on my contact page, and we can set up a time to talk about the program, a payment plan that works for you, um, talk about details with regard to the program, et cetera. Okay, let's talk more about seasonal eating and its effect on your health, specifically your circadian biology. So um, I know that it seems like a pretty benign dietary practice to eat, you know, just eat any fruits, any veggies during any time of year, right? In fact, we're taught this. We're taught eat fruits, eat veggies, 365, any kind, no matter, no limits. You know, there, there's no limits placed on this. Um, most dietitians, most nutritionists, most, nat most naturopaths, most functional NDs don't give any merit to seasonal eating. And it's doing our clients a disservice. It's doing, you know, 
us a disservice, right? There are only positive things that emphasize fruits and veggies as, as part of a healthy diet, but we have to look at this in deeper ways. First, fruits, veggies, and grains, right? Our intake around these foods should be the greatest uh, aspect of your diet that varies. That may not have made a lot of sense, I realize. So <laughs> there should be the greatest amount of variation uh, throughout the year with regard to your fruit, veggie, and grain intake. Maybe that, maybe that hit home a little, that was a little more clear, okay? This is less true if you live in the tropics, but even if you live in the tropics, the, um, the food availability is still going to vary. There's just more room for eating these type of foods all year round if you live in the tropics. And the reason being, it's very simple, so simple that we've forgotten just how much this aspect of our dietary choices, you know, you know, really matters and influences and impacts us. And that is sunlight availability. Sunlight, sunlight grows our food, photosynthesis, fourth grade, right? But we've lost touch with the fact that sunlight grows our food and that, the, and that this holds great significance when it comes to our dietary choices. Um, and when it comes to how our body actually responds to certain foods. Everybody talks about an ancestral diet, eat an ancestral diet, eat carnivore, eat this and that, right? Ancestral, ancestral, ancestral. What does that really mean? Well, one thing that it really means that we tend to ignore, or just haven't accepted or, or, you know, realized yet is sunlight. Sunlight grows our food. We've lost touch with the fact that sunlight grows our food and that this influences our diet choices and how we feel in our bodies, how our body responds to certain foods. Our ancient ancestors couldn't just roll up to Whole Foods, you know, or their food co-op and get whatever they were craving that day or whatever looked good. Oh my gosh, look at those figs, look at those grapes. There's a, all oh, those bananas look amazing, right? They, they couldn't do that. They had to rely on what was growing outside their door, within their communities, right? And this is something we've lost touch with this, this simple fact that sunlight grows our food because of the convenience that grocery stores um, provide us with, right? And so this, this has created a sever. It's created a huge disconnect with regard to our food choices, and it's having an impact on our body, on our circadian biology and its function. We can go into the supermarket, into any supermarket at any time of year and buy foods from all over the world. We can buy foods that require strong UVB light in order to grow, even if that form of light isn't available where we're living at the current you know, season. And again, this this may seem very benign when it comes to how this impacts health and circadian biology, but here's the thing. Certain foods require a strong UVB footprint, light, photons in order to grow. What are some examples? Fruits, tomatoes, peppers, nightshades. Then you have all the tropical fruits like bananas, kiwis, mangoes, papaya. All of these foods would be impossible without the presence of UVB light. Now, 
nature's ingenious, the body's ingenious, its connection to nature is mind blowing, honestly, because like, let me explain a, a little bit. So did you know that when UVB light is present and the stronger its presence, meaning the stronger the UV index in your area, the better equipped your body is to handle, to utilize, to process carbohydrates, particularly simple carbohydrates that are teeming, that are, are predominant in foods like fresh fruits, honey, maple syrup, tropical fruits, grains, all of the foods that require strong UVB light in order to grow. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb, okay? And I'm going to assume that all of you tuning into the podcast spend heaps of time outside getting your Sunlight RX on, soaking up that UVB light during the summer months, right? Let's just say you all are crushing it, right? And as a result of this, your body is much more equipped to handle carbohydrates. You're less apt to develop symptoms after eating carbohydrates. This has a lot to do with cortisol, okay? Cortisol is one of your main circadian regulating hormones, and it, it, it stays in the bloodstream. It's in the bloodstream for longer periods of time during the summer months. And um, this has to do with sunlight as well. The release of cortisol, let's say you go out, you're watching the sunrise, boom, this triggers the release of cortisol melatonin release is shut down. Okay. Here's the light. Now cortisol comes in and takes over and, um, cortisol starts to be released from your anterior pituitary gland in this like trickle. It's like, it's like a drip system. Okay. Once you start to watch the sunrise, here comes cortisol. It's not like you've turned the faucet on and it's like blasting out. That would happen if you, you know, pound a few espressos in the morning or bulletproof in the morning or look at your iPhone in the morning, you're looking at, you know, artificial light. That's when cortisol is like a floodgate is open and it's released at far too um, intense of a rate and at, at too much at once. This can happen, especially when we do these things first thing in the morning and that destroys circadian biology. But when you get up, you've you just, just, resist the urge, resist the urge to get your cell phone out and, and scroll. Okay. Go outside and watch the sunrise. And then this starts this drip system effect, uh, of cortisol into your bloodstream when you're watching the sunrise. Now, as the sun moves higher and higher in the sky, as it moves towards its apex, more and more cortisol is released into your bloodstream. And there are very important reasons for this from a physiological standpoint. Now, of course, you have to be outside in sunlight. You can't be inside like on your computer and just looking out like there it goes. There's the sun moving towards its apex. You know, you're not going to get the same effect, obviously. So with regard to cortisol. Now, I'm going to assume you're outside. You're practicing your sunlight RX and the UVB. And so as the sun is moving towards its apex, more and more cortisol is released into your bloodstream. Now, with cortisol being in the bloodstream longer during the summer months, because the days are longer, then cortisol 
is a main blood sugar regulating hormone. And with the longer days and the stronger sunlight, there is naturally more cortisol in the bloodstream for longer periods of time during this time of year. This is nature being your ally when it comes to blood sugar regulation. This is UVB light helping to regulate your blood sugar. Cortisol in the bloodstream in healthy amounts is a key um, blood sugar regulating hormone. Okay. So what type of foods are available in the summer? More of these fruits, more of these sh simple sugar carbs. And so with these foods showing up more in nature, uh, you need more this cortisol in your, your bloodstream for longer periods of time in a healthy amount, right? Balanced amount in order to help um, offset any damage caused by carbohydrate intake. Now, this is why a lot of people tend to gain weight during the winter months outside of the tropics, of course. Um, the days are shorter. UVB light goes away in many parts of the world during the winter months. So what does this mean when it comes to your health? Well, less cortisol for shorter periods of time are being released in your bloodstream. Why would nature do this? Well, because in nature, you cannot grow a simple carbohydrate during the winter, nor do they store well. They have a very short shelf life. So naturally, these foods are not available during the winter. And this is actually a survival tactic for humans. This is why if you make no changes to your diet during the winter months, and you continue to eat fresh fruits and bananas in your oatmeal and corn and corn tortillas and rice and tropical fruits in the winter when no UVB is present. And you do this on a regular basis. I'm not talking one day, like, okay, you know, if you do this on a regular basis, your body will start to develop symptoms because this way of eating disrupts, dysregulates your circadian biology your metabolic health, your metabolic function, your hormonal health. So because there isn't the cortisol is in the bloodstream for shorter periods of time during the winter months, there's a less window. The window is much shorter with regard to helping you utilize these simple sugar carb type of foods. Add in that there, there isn't any UVB light available to help your liver deplete glucose. UVB light helps deplete glucose from the liver. It's fascinating. At the time of year that we need this, um, we need this function, it's, it shows up. UVB light, summer, simple sugars, boom, depleting glucose from the liver. It's amazing. Now, but what happens is when we don't shift our diet, when UVB leaves the sky and we continue to eat in this way, what often results is undesirable weight gain during the winter months 
and or feeling more fatigued during the winter months, having more issues with your sleep then, having more issues with your gut. And this is why many people's chronic health symptoms like psoriasis, like autoimmunity, tend to flare more so in the winter. And then we get the result of compromised metabolic health, compromised hormone health. These are strongly tied into your circadian biology. So, you know, this is why I'm not a fan of a hardcore dietary trend, especially not for a prolonged period of time. It's not taking the circadian biology into consideration and seasonal eating has a, a, a main, is a main influencer on your circadian biology. It, your circadian biology isn't designed to eat the same thing 365. And doing so even through a diet that is supposed to be healthy, it's supposed to give you health results, you know, like keto or carnivore. Sure, yeah, they can have some health benefits and there's some really good points to these dietary approaches. But long-term, these sort of approaches to diet are not supportive to circadian biology. And I've even seen symptoms develop in people who adhere to the a strict diet over time, even though it's supposed to be healthy, you know, as a result of people eating these, these strict diets, you know, for, you know, with no end in sight. Now, in my ancestral diet practice and, and, and the teachings on the ancestral health certification course, I do support a diet like carnivore for a short period of time as a reset approach. This approach practiced short term can help the body come back into balance. And then the diet can become more diversified over time as the system heals, rebalances, as the circadian biology heals. Of course, you know, this process and the healing process in general is, is expedited when we combine the diet with the sunlight RX, when we combine diet and sunlight with homeopathy, then the, the results are, are definitely expedited in my experience. However, I, I want to make it very clear that I never, ever recommend a strict diet for anyone long-term because it's not natural. It's not what nature intended. And, um, it's not what nature provides with regard to our food uh, availability, what's available outside our door. It doesn't support circadian biology, these sort of strict uh, dietary approaches. So the biggest takeaway that I really want you to get um, from this episode today is that as the seasons change, so too should your diet. And, and this has to do with the connection between UVB light, photosynthesis, and your cortisol levels. In the Northern Hemisphere, the days are starting to get longer now, we're moving into spring. This means that gradually, cortisol is gonna stick around in the bloodstream for, long, for a longer duration. It's not gonna be overnight. This is going to be a gradual build. Just like there's a gradual build starting, you know, right now as to when fresh, Fruit is going to be available in nature. The buildup to that is gradual. The buildup of cortisol being in the bloodstream longer, you know, and from winter solstice to summer solstice, right? That's, you know, we're gradually building there. Um, so 
what this means is that your body, as long as you're in sunlight, will start to handle more and more uh, carbohydrates uh, better over time. That That's, of course, produced by nature. We're not talking about, you know, boxed foods and, you know, high fructose corn syrup, of course, right? But things like fruit, things like, you know, organic grains prepared in a, in a way that offsets their anti-nutrients, okay? You're more apt to handle these foods much better when UVB light is present and as that sun, as the sun, <clears throat> the days get longer, that means more cortisol in the bloodstream for longer periods of time, which means as long as you're outside, you're going to be able to handle carbohydrates better. Now, I'm not, I'm not advising to binge on carbs during the summer months and just like, you know, go to town on them. I'm saying that in a moderate consumption of, of carbohydrates provided by nature, your body should do much better with those during the summer months due to UVB light and cortisol. And um, this is huge with regard to your circadian biology. Now, I wanna teach you how to navigate this um, depending on where, you're where you live, because what this means also is that, hey, not everyone with should be eating the same exact diet, you know, all around the world. Blue zone diets are a total crapshoot. I can't, they, they are so misleading to people. It's like, oh, just eat what the Hazda eat or just eat what this blue zone area ate. It's like, no, it's, that's, that's so linear and it, it's not taking, we're not taking things into reality. We're not taking food into reality. The Hazda have access to all these tropical foods that people who live outside of the tropics have no access to. And if they eat the same exact diet as the Hazda, they would not get the same effect. It wouldn't be the same result. In fact, it would probably be a very detrimental result. And this is what we have to understand. So, um, I teach my clients and students how to make dietary shifts um, based on the UV index in one's location, okay? So, you know, understanding this is key to supporting circadian biology, and there are plenty of apps to help you do this and to help you understand this and what's going on with regard to UV index in your area. But a foolproof way uh, to do this no matter if you download an app or not, you can you can figure this out as to what is the sun angle in your area. You can Google this, you know, Farmer's Almanac will, will tell you this. So um, let me talk about this just a little bit so you can understand the importance of this. Now, when the sun angle reaches about 10 degrees above the horizon, this is when UVA light enters the solar spectrum. We know this light is crucial to what? To serotonin uh, production, to dopamine production, to active T3, uh, T3 active thyroid production, to nitric oxide production, which is so important to the health of your blood vessels and to regulating blood pressure. Uh, we know this light is key for melatonin recycling, right? So during the nighttime, we sleep and we use our melatonin stores, but guess what? Those stores have to be replenished 
and they're replenished in UVA light. They're not released in UVA light. There's a storehouse that gets built up by being in UVA light. So this way, when you get to nighttime, oh my gosh, there's melatonin there again. I just built up my stores during the day in UVA light. And when your body, when your biology gets that signal of darkness, this is the cue to melatonin. Okay, boom, here's darkness. Now release melatonin, right? So you, your, your body needs to, however, rebuild its stores in UVA light, okay? Now, this is the light spectrum, UVA is a spectrum that occurs before UVB. And, you know, they just figured out these spectrums. Oh, UVA comes before B, so call it UVA, and then UVB because it comes after A. Ingenious, right? So, but this light spectrum, UVA, occurs before UVB. And some people even have access to UVA during the winter months. And you can determine this by knowing what's the sun angle in my area. 10 degrees or above, you've got UVA, and you can practice your sunlight RX, step one, step, step two, and step four during the winter months when you have UVA available. So um, let's talk about UVB for a minute because this is, this. it's not very complicated. It just has a little curveball in here. Now, you know, for UVB, the sun angle has to be between 30 degrees and 40 degrees, or excuse me, 30 degrees and 45 degrees. And there's, there's a bit of a range here, which can make things confusing, but I'm going to try to help clear this up. It's going, this can vary, this is going to vary depending on your altitude, depending on what elevation you're at. Now, for example, I live at almost 8,000 feet elevation. Okay, so when the sun angle is at 30 degrees, I'm getting UVB. However, someone at sea level, the sun angle will have to be around 45 degrees for UVB light to be present. Now, you know, it's the end of January here, and just yesterday the sun angle was 30 degrees here, and I was like, ns, 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 let's get this party started, right? It was, uh, you know, it's always something for me to celebrate. And um, somebody came over to help us fix a door in, in our property. And he, and he looked at me and he was like, have you, why are you so tan? <laughs> He's like, have you, you got to be careful about that. You know, you might, you might burn. And I was like, yep, yeah, thanks. You know, some people, you just let, let it be. I did not want to go on an explanation about UVB light or the sunlight RX, just fix the door. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, so, you know, but what I'm, what I'm wanting to say here is understand what the sun angle is in your area, because this is going to tell you if UVB is present. And so why is this important? Because this is going to reflect how our body is able to process carbohydrates um, if we eat them, okay, when, when we eat them. So um, I also want to mention that the UV index does play a, a, a big role here with regard to uh, we can use it as a measure of our carbohydrate intake as well and, and how our body will 
processed carbohydrates, the lower the UV index, um, the less carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates from things like fresh fruits and grains and, and so forth that you should be consuming because your body's not going to, to process the carbs as well. It's going to turn into fatty liver. It's going to turn into excess weight. It's going to turn into undesirable weight gain. It's going to turn into chronic fatigue or fatigue. Um, so that's another thing. The higher the UV index, <clears throat> um, and usually this means the higher the UV index, the higher the strength, the greater the strength of the UVB rays, and thereby the, the greater capacity your body has to utilize carbs without having side effects. And not, you know, carbs aren't bad. Nature produce, provides us with carbohydrates. We just have to understand when to eat them um, in order to, to be, you know, have a health supportive effect. Uh, I, I want to mention here, when it comes to animal protein and animal fat, this is an area of diet that actually, actually shouldn't fluctuate too much throughout the year. We always want to be eating ample amounts of animal protein and, you know, um, moderate amounts of animal fat, fat. This is across the board, a health supportive practice. And these nutrients are, that are found in these foods are key to metabolic health, hormone health, satiation, and they play a vital role in the state of your circadian biology as well. Um, I want to give you a little bit of an example of my diet for a minute. And I want to also talk about the gut microbiome here because I feel like this is a really important part of circadian biology that's also influenced by light that isn't talked about that much, but has just a huge effect on our, our body and circadian biology. Um, but I want to start by saying that varying my diet throughout the seasons has been uh, one of the most most supportive health practices, um, especially with regard to my circadian biology and aspects of that, like my weight, my sleep, my energy levels, just learning how to eat a seasonal diet has been really supportive for those aspects of my health. Um, and for example, during the winter months, I keep carbohydrates really low. I don't eat fresh fruits. I don't eat grains. I don't eat desserts and I, I don't eat many complex carbs from squash and so forth. Some people do well eating complex carbs in winter, you know, the winter squashes that store well um, and, and so forth. Some people do just fine with those. Like my wife is one of those people. I am not one of those people. And these are, this is what I'm talking about. You have, you cannot just take on people's general recommendations for diet. This is why sunlight is, is such an important part of the, the story and your diet choices as well, because that's going to vary depending on where you live. So all of us shouldn't, should be eating a varied diet depending on our sunlight availability and our UVB light availability specifically. So during the winter months, I found that keeping carbohydrates pretty low and even keeping complex carbs pretty low in my diet is really supportive to my circadian biology, especially my weight, my sleep, my energy levels. And um, it's also been an incredibly supportive practice for my uh, digestion. Now, a lot of people's digestion fluctuates throughout the year. And we have to understand the role that light plays 
with regard to our digestion. It plays a big role. Um, so UVB light also influences the gut microbiome and specifically with regard to producing certain forms of beneficial bacteria. Now, for example, in the presence of UVB light, your gut is, if that UVB light's hitting your skin, it's entering your eyes and only a small amount needs to enter your eyes. I'm not saying look up and stare at UVB light. Your body's not even gonna let you do that. That's not how we get the benefits, reap the benefits of UVB light. Only 1% of UVB light needs to enter your eye, enter the retina to stimulate and support your circadian, all the circadian functions in your, in your brain, your endocrine system there, your hypothalamus, you know, et cetera. So, um, so UVB light influences the gut microbiome and specifically certain forms of, of bacteria that are produced. And these bacteria are produced when UVB light hits your skin and enters your eyes. So for example, in the presence of UVB, your gut's going to naturally produce as long as you're outside, right? But let me just state the obvious. As long as you're outside in sunlight for, for some time of the day, specific beneficial microbes that support the breakdown and utilization of simple carbs will be, will proliferate your gut will start to produce this, these bacteria. Now, when UVB light leaves the sky for, for the season, right, for the winter, these strains of bacteria lessen naturally. They're not being fed and they lessen to a great degree. This is also why people have issues with carbs in winter because there's no UVB light to stimulate the production of simple sugar uh, thriving bacteria. And so then you eat, you continue to eat bananas and kiwis and, and so forth. And you develop symptoms because your gut is not equipped to handle these foods at this time of year. Now, you know, while I eat ample amounts of animal protein all year round, my winter diet is more so uh, on the carnivore side, it's not 100% carnivore, but it's more so on the carnivore side, because this is what nature provides me with in my area during the winter months. And as well as in most areas with no UVB, this is going to be a very similar story. It's going to vary a little bit, but especially for me living at high elevation, that throws a curveball in and, and there can be a little bit more flexibility with uh, my carb intake um, as long as the UVB is present, but the UVB is still, it's weak in my area. So I don't, I don't go to town on carbs during the winter. I, I hardly eat any. Now, I want to just say uh, one more thing about light and the gut microbiome. Um, the gut is, is teeming with microbes, hopefully beneficial microbes. And you know, there's only enough room for a certain number of microbes. Even the good guys will, will start to crowd each other out. And so we can create a dysbiosis even with good bacteria. If we have too much good of this good bacteria and not enough of this good bacteria, which is why I hate probiotics, they're going to cause actually too much of a certain kind of beneficial bacteria. But just because it's beneficial 
does it mean if we get too much of it, it cannot go to the pathogenic side because it can. So even the good guys will start to crowd each other out if, if we get too much of a good thing. So, you know, this actually, um, I came to understand even deeper when, when I started to make yogurt, we have a dairy cow, her name's Rose. She's a Jersey A2 cow. We milk her, my wife and I milk her every morning and we have so much milk. I'm like, what, what in the hell do I do with all this milk? So I'm going to start making cheese. I've, I've started to make yogurt. And so when doing some research on how to make really good quality yogurt without heating the milk up too high and still getting, a, a you know, uh, still making yogurt, um, well, I started, okay, here, the, make sure you add this amount of starter culture, right? And so I was like, hmm, what if I add in just a little bit more to get even more beneficial bacteria? And then I was like, wait, no, it doesn't work this way. In fact, if the bacteria are too crowded, they'll be unhappy and, and the yogurt will be of lesser quality if there's too much if there's crowding, they get claustrophobic. It doesn't go well. Uh, they, they don't proliferate as much. They don't live as long. So I stick to the recommendations, the general recommendations when making yogurt to help, you know, support a healthy amount of healthy proliferation of the beneficial microbes. But I want to, I'm using this example because I want to emphasize that the same is true in, in your gut. When UVB light goes away, this simple sugar eating bacteria also hibernate and more of the animal protein, animal fat type of bacteria take up more residence. This is all based on sunlight, right? On nature and on your seasonal eating choices. So contrary to what we've been told, the gut microbiome isn't predominantly influenced what you eat. Is it influenced by what you eat? Yes. Of course, but it's primarily influenced by the light that your skin and your eyes are exposed to. This is why gamers and people addicted to Netflix and those who work long, long hours online without eye protection have a lot of gut health issues and they tend to gain weight. They tend to get leaky guts. They tend to get chronic fatigue because they aren't exposing their eyes to sunlight. And instead they're overexposing their eyes to artificial light. Many studies are now showing that someone can enter a type two diabetes state just by exposing their eyes chronically to artificial blue light emitted by screens. We need to take this more seriously. Light plays a huge role on life, all aspects of your health, on your circadian biology, on the food that grows outside your door, on the type of gut bacteria that, that reside in your gut. I hope this episode helped to shine new light on seasonal eating practices and their importance when it comes to supporting your circadian biology. We will see you next week. The information shared in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease and is not intended as medical advice. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, 
to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.